Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm joined here with Max Mallow. We are on our fifth episode. Super exciting. Yeah, super exciting. Thanksgiving week. Hope everyone out there has a a healthy and safe Thanksgiving this week. And I don't know what the deal is with Black Friday. Like, are people going to go out and shop? I hope not. I hope not. I really hope that I keep seeing online like that the sales already started. Like they were doing Black Friday sales like last week. And then obviously Cyber Monday is such a big thing. So I hope stores aren't doing any type of in-person sale. Like they should shut it all down. I agree. I'm sure there's going to be something viral on Twitter of people going out and, and buying a bunch of stuff. But hopefully everyone does it at least taking social distancing into mind. I don't know how you social distance on a crazy Black Friday rush. And I'll miss it. Like, I have good memories of, of going out Black Friday shopping at midnight with my parents after Thanksgiving dinner, buying, yeah. you know, when I was a kid, I would just, like, pick up whatever DVDs I wanted for cheap because it was, like, <laughs> 5 for 25 and I would just buy whatever. So, you know, hopefully for Black Friday or something or Cyber Monday, there's some, some good deals on some uh, some horror movies. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I was always the same way. Like, all right, let's go to Best Buy and they would have the DVD bin. And most of them would be old and like not good movies anyway. But if it was cheap, I'd be like, all right, we're buying all of these. Oh, agree. I love Best Buy. Best Buy is like my favorite store in the world. And my girlfriend doesn't understand it. And I'm like, you know what? Just let me live. Let me just wander around the store like I'm in heaven. So yeah (laughs) anyway um getting into the weekly horror news for this week a bit of a slow week in news but Mm -hmm. two exciting things uh for fans out there a new predator movie is coming out being directed by uh dan trachtenberg who directed 10 cloverfield lane which we talked about last week it was on natalie's top 10 horror movies streaming currently and this is exciting because i hope the predator franchise kind of gets a a deserved reboot, which is, you know, in in line with our theme of this week, which is horror remakes and reboots, if you guys know this from the title. Um, this franchise has been beaten into the ground over the past, like, decade, and I hope that a, a, a new direction is taken with it. Yeah. Yeah, this franchise, I have not seen all of the movies in it, um, but I remember... <laughs> Alien versus Predator. I remember like being kind of scared of that movie, honestly, just because it was like these two like big. I mean, they're scary looking. Um, not the best movie, but yeah, I'm excited. I'll watch the new one, and if I like it, I'll go back and maybe watch all of them. Maybe it's a hard maybe. Yeah, they're a handful. I mean, the original is like it starts off as a war movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then it actually quickly divulges into like a 
horror slash sci-fi movie and the predator like his face behind the mask terrified me as a kid because he's a he's a scary looking dude but the predator with the mask on is a total badass with his dreads and his high-tech equipment and stuff and then the second one went to like la with danny glover Mm-hmm. And it's just like a complete change from a, a jungle setting to an urban setting. And from there, like you said, AVP, AVP Requiem, there was Predators, which had Adam Brody in it and Lawrence Fishburne, I believe. I think I watched that one, actually. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's a it's a crazy franchise. And the most recent one, I believe, had Olivia Munn in it. And I didn't enjoy it that much. Again, like tried to go like modern with like a a war and like army scientific bit behind it if i'm remembering it correctly but you know 10 cloverfield lane uh is a, a great entry and well, probably one of the best out of the three in that yeah. in that series and mm-hmm. i hope this is just taken in an interesting direction yeah, I'm excited. I saw that news and I was like, all right, interesting. Like, I'll give it a shot. Why not? And of course, had to had to include it in here since we are going to be talking about reboots and remakes. Agreed. And then moving on to our final piece of news, something that we're both extremely excited about. Stranger oh, Things yeah. Season 4 is coming up. Of course, it was announced. It was teased at the end of Season 3 because, you know, we couldn't live with, quick spoiler alert here, with Hopper potentially dying. Right. I, I, season 3 you know, my girlfriend's never seen one or two and I made her watch season three. So she's all out of, you know, source with the timeline and stuff. But yeah. I'm sitting there as that's going on with Winona Ryder and and, uh, and Hopper. And I'm just like, I'm tearing up. I'm like, oh no, this is so sad. Like, yeah, please don't do this. But one man is joining the series for season four and that's Mr. Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England. Yes, I'm so excited. I just love him. And he's been like, he's made so many cameos and like, such like weird horror movies over the years. But I love to see him in such a huge um, show. I mean, obviously, Stranger Things is huge. And I loved season three. I'm really excited for season four. So I saw that and I was so excited. What a legend. I hope that he has kind of a bigger role, not just like one scene. Because I could see like, obviously, he's such a huge actor that they would say like joining the cast and like hype it up so much just for it to be, you know, one scene. I'm sure it's not one scene, but I hope that uh, he has a bigger role. Right. And according to IndieWire here, uh, the report Natalie cited for us here in our script, um, he will be playing a character named Victor Creel a, quote, disturbed and intimidating man who was imprisoned in a psychiatric hospital for a gruesome murder in the 1950s. So that could be Freddy Krueger if he wasn't dead, yeah. minus all the, you know, burns on his skin. So it would be interesting to see how they kind of add this character into the series because Stranger Things is very much sci-fi with, you know, the Demogorgon and the Upside Down and... Yeah. You know, his character sounds very much like a serial killer, sadistic man. And I, you know, him versus the Stranger Things kids will be super interesting. So, yeah, can't wait for it. Yeah, that's exciting. I hope that we get more news about when season four is going to come out soon. Same. So let's move on to our general topic for the day, which is horror remakes and reboots. Natalie and I were discussing what to cover for this week after talking about our 10 favorite things uh, or 10 favorite movies rather streaming currently 
on Netflix, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, what have you. And something we wanted to do, but we have to save for next week, is a review of Freaky with Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Uh, really excited to review that next week since it will be available on streaming platforms on November 30th. And we were thinking, we were like, you know, we've talked a lot about like our favorite remakes and reboots over the course of the past couple of episodes, talking about the Halloween series, Friday the 13th, what have you. And, you know, part of our horror movie hot takes on our first episode was talking about remakes and reboots. And we thought, what about just a general overview of, of how they've worked in horror movies and cinema over the past pretty much 20 years, pretty much our lifetime? Because, like, we're living in the peak of, of horror remakes and reboots. Yeah. I will get into specifics in a bit, but I definitely grew up watching remakes because, you know, there was all the classic ones between 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe even 90s that were getting remade when I was, you know, in middle school. And that's really when I started to get into all the horror movies. So any new horror movie, that was it for me. I was so hype about it. So I really, with some of these classic horror movies, I watched the remake first and then thought it was either good or bad and then was uh, pleasantly surprised to see, oh, it's actually a remake. There's an original out there that I should probably watch. And then I would like tell my dad and he would just laugh at me for not knowing that. <laughs> yeah. And like, I feel like AMC Fear Fest was like a big part of my childhood and like seeing yeah. all the originals on TV around Halloween in October, just like the Child's Play franchise would play on repeat. The Halloween movies would play on repeat Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. And then as I got older and more, you know, interested and less uh, afraid of horror movies, I'll say, <laughs> all these remakes started to come out. And, you know, your friends are like, oh, Friday the 13th, let's go see this. Like, how bad can it be? Or I, I feel like when we were younger, it wasn't like we're going to look at it from a, a, a cinema perspective being like, let's break it down. Let's talk about the kills and the storyline and the characters and everything like that. It was just like, let's go to the movies and get scared. Yeah. And as we've, uh, you know, gotten older, now we're in the age of, of new IPs in horror. You have all of A24, which has been super successful and super popular. Uh, and you have movies like, I mean, this is when we were younger, but the Paranormal Activity franchise um, yeah. was was popular when we were teenagers and, and young adults. And now we're starting to get into a wave of horror remakes and reboots uh, compared to the mid-2000s where these movies are actually like critically acclaimed. People really like them. They're well done. They respect the original story. And it's it's an interesting change in... I guess the narrative around these types of movies, because you also do have the duds and don't worry, we will talk about all the duds that have recently come out because you know, you, there aren't, they're not all amazing. There are some really bad movies in here. So I guess general thoughts on remakes and reboots. Do we like them? Hate them? Are there too many of them? That's three questions in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I mean, it, it's a no brainer. I feel like for remakes, I, understand why people make them because you know one movie is just so successful and made a lot of money so they're like okay let's just reimagine it let's just put newer hotter actors in it for a younger generation it makes sense I think some of them are well done some of them are terrible and I do think there are just too many of them like I think a common 
uh, opinion is, you know, just come up with new ideas, which I, I understand that argument and I do agree with it to an extent. I do think as we'll get into some of our favorite remakes, there have been some really good ones. So good for those filmmakers and good for that franchise. But I really think it depends how much thought is put into the remake of making it different and really saying, okay, what are the strengths and weaknesses of this movie or of this franchise and how can we turn, turn out something different? Um, it can't just be, you know, the same exact movie, but with different people, nobody's going to want that, you know, it was already done. So I think you got to have obviously good writer, good director, and you got to be really, really creative. So it's basically making new ideas from an old idea. So you can't just remake it flat out. It's just not going to work. Agreed. And there's like over the past 20 years, we'll use as kind of a time frame. There's yeah. been like an interesting evolution of remakes and reboots. Some, yeah. Some sequels being counted as reboots, some sequels being counted as remakes, some reboots, quote unquote, Halloween 2018 is the one we love to always reference on this podcast. Yeah. Is a sequel and a reboot, essentially, which is confusing. It's, yeah. you know, it's hard to pick up if you're not a diehard fan of the franchise or if you're just looking to go see a movie, or if you're like, oh, hey, it's Halloween. I know what the Halloween series is, Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis. Let me go watch this, and you're lost. But, you know, for diehards and uh, and I guess more horror fans, it's on the surface like a very good movie in comparison yeah. to both horror movies as a whole and releases in the same franchise. So... You know, talking about Halloween 2018, we can start off uh, with going over our favorite horror remakes and reboots. And we've got five listed here. I think we'll agree on four out of the five here. I noticed <laughs> you put one here, which is specifically aimed at me. So yeah. starting off, though, one of our favorite uh, horror movies is the 2013 remake of Evil Dead, which mm -hmm. is a soft reboot and remake it's it's so confusing whether you want to put something as a remake or a reboot where I, yeah this movie falls into both essentially yeah yeah it's so hard because so many of these i don't even know what to call it reboot slash remake um so many of them it's not a remake of the first movie entirely like it could be a sequel but then like it's a reboot of the franchise but not the first movie it really is when you said like it gets confusing that's a really good point about these remakes and reboots it's confusing and i think um just having like we talked about last week the scream five having the same name as the title is confusing but um anyway yeah evil dead love the reboots i, I, I think i think we can use reboot yeah we'll say reboot <laughs> yeah We'll say reboot because it's not the same exact characters. It's just the same world and it's the same. It's inspired by the story, I would say. It's not like a remake of the story, but it's, you know, some same, of the same thing. Same plot points, yeah. Yeah. So I think what Evil Dead did really well with the reboot is that it's a horror, not a horror comedy. It's just horror, horror and gore and creepy and scary where the original Evil Dead had, you know, it was kind of a horror comedy and then it turned into a series of horror comedy movies and TV show. 
So I think that was the main difference. And that really surprised me when I went to watch it because I had no idea what to expect. But from the trailer, it just like looked all bloody and gore. And that's what it was. So I think changing the overall tone really worked for the reboot. Agreed. I remember watching that trailer. I even went back and watched it after our first episode because I was like, <laughs> I like I have vivid memories of watching it and being like, yo, this movie looks so scary. Yeah. And this wasn't this was when I wasn't super into horror movies. And I was mm. like, I want to watch this just because it looks, like, awesome. Like, it just looks like a great take uh, and, and reboot on the franchise. Because it was also supposed to spawn, like, a trilogy, essentially, after it. It was supposed to do this one. Then there was the TV show that came after Ash vs. Evil Dead, which went back to Bruce Campbell as the main character. And mm -hmm. it, it had the comedy elements. Again, it was more relaxed, but it still had the Evil Dead campiness and, and gore to it. Yeah. But the trailer for this and this movie as a whole are straight up like, look, you're going to get your socks knocked off. You're going to be scared. Like, there's going to be a ton of violence. And, you know, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. And, you know, going back and looking at scenes in this movie, uh, speaking of, like, the end, uh, like, just an insane amount of gore without spoiling anything. It's just, like, gore that, like, you look at it and you're like, you're not like, oh, my God, like, calm down this is too much this is disgusting you're kind of just like wow okay that's the direction they went with and you know what it works it just works yeah and i think it's like almost it was so overwhelmingly bloody that it's almost pretty to look at because that's all you're looking at like the cinematography was was good and it was just like nice to look at if that isn't too weird to say and <laughs> It just felt like a classic horror movie. And, you know, I think why Evil Dead and that series, um, the original, were so successful is because it wasn't a classic, you know, your everyday horror movie. Um, this one, I wouldn't say it's your everyday movie, but it went back to, you know, just the classic horror themes that we know. So changing that expectation, I guess, of what the reboot would be is, I think, really what made this one so good. Agreed. And final point on it it did the film a ton of uh, a ton of great success to have a strong female lead like jane levy anchoring as yeah. the final girl uh you know shifting away from ash who we've known to be the the male lead in the evil dead series uh previously in the trilogy with one two and army of darkness uh moving on quickly to this next one we don't have to talk about it too much because <laughs> i know natalie was like i'll put it on here i guess and Max can talk about it. If you want to, if you want to know more about this movie, watch our last episode where we talked about the Friday the 13th series because on here is the Friday the 13th remake, uh, which you know we'll go into a bit more in the 2000s remake craze later in the episode. Uh, mm -hmm. And I talked about it more in depth in, in last episode. But, you know, this one, real quickly, took Jason, who's supposed to be this, you know, terrified, terrifying zombie hunk of a man with a machete who can punch your head off on the streets of Manhattan. <laughs> Uh, and made him and more of, yeah and made him more of a survivalist and that's all i gotta say i have nothing else to say on this movie i don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> that's it because i want to quickly move on to the last three here because these are just uh great examples of horror movies that have transcended the genre of horror movies and have succeeded as box office hits over yeah. the past three years first one being it chapter one obviously the tv miniseries uh, the two-part series came out years ago with Tim Curry playing Pennywise and talking about the Losers Club in, in mm -hmm. Derry, Maine. But 
chapter one in 2017 was a major success one of the highest grossing r-rated movies of all time and the cast is spectacular bill skarsgård as pennywise is spectacular yeah i can't say enough about this movie yeah it's so good and i think what really makes this a good remake if we even want to call it a remake of the miniseries because of course it's based on the book but what makes it a good you know retelling of the story is just that you know the miniseries it came out in 1990 and i think that when it came out it was scary but by the time i watched it i thought it was so silly you know the acting it wasn't bad but it wasn't good and I don't think that Pennywise was scary I never understood the scare of Pennywise and why people were scared of him and then I read the book and was like wow that is freaking scary I cannot wait for you know this new movie to come out so I think this is just one of the cases where it like coming out in 2017 really good cinematography really great acting CGI it was just a re, like, you know, an updated version. And I think that the director, Andy Muschietti, he has, like, such a specific style about his horror. I really saw a lot of, you know, the monsters that the kids imagine. Um, it was very similar to his movie Mama in the way that the style looked. So I just thought it was completely different and just a really updated version um, of the 1990 series. Agreed. And we won't talk about Chapter 2 because <laughs> chapter two does not live up to the hype of chapter one um, as a whole. I mean, we could just leave it at that. We don't have to start ranting about it too much. But yeah, yeah I mean, this movie just hit on all the plot points and it was great. And speaking on <laughs> clowns and Penny, the original Pennywise with Tim, uh, with Tim Curry, uh, yeah. obviously a legendary actor and a legendary character. Yeah. Uh, but... I agree. I wasn't so scared of the original Pennywise. I was more scared of the people on the side of the road dressed up as clouds. So. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, before we get more into our favorites, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. And we're back. So next on the list of our favorite horror remakes slash reboots, um, of course, is should we go in order of when it came out or? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've jumped around here and I, <laughs> yeah. you, I, you know, forgive you for just throwing in Friday the 13th <laughs> to make me talk about that movie more. So yeah. So let's, let's go Halloween 2018. Uh, yeah. Again, if you want to hear more about 2018 and, and our thoughts on it, check out our first episode where we talked about the series as a whole. Yeah. And we mentioned it at the start of the episode, horror movies. Uh, and I guess iconic horror movie series, have a benchmark now with Halloween 2018 because mm -hmm. this movie rebooted the friend rebooted the franchise again. Uh, it threw out the storyline with Jamie Lee Curtis from resurrection or sorry, H2O. Yeah. Uh, 20 yeah. years later. And you know, the movies that followed it resurrection, the Rob zombie ones, which were again, reboots of the series um, with a new direction, a new telling of Michael Myers uh 2018 throws out halloween 2 as well and it picks up as a direct sequel to the original and mm -hmm. this movie felt from the start like a, a a slasher movie that you could just you know go into the movie theater sit down or at home and put it on your tv and just enjoy yourself you knew what you were getting and you weren't going to be disappointed yeah i think front to front to back really great movie enjoyed every scene 
you know, nothing short on action. There was so much action and there was a good story too. There were no slow parts, which I don't think there's anything wrong with slow parts, but when you're going to see a Halloween movie, you don't really want, you know, slow scenes. So I think it was great. I love that one. Same. Uh, and then our final one, which we've talked about a, a couple times on this show already, is mm-hmm. The Invisible Man, the 2020 release starring Elizabeth Moss, uh, obviously loosely based on the, the story by H.G. Wells. And The Invisible Man is one of the uh, old school horror movie uh, characters, you know, late yeah. 30s, 1930s. And this movie has been completely updated for modern times. It's taken on a... Uh, or it hits rather on a lot of talking points in uh, today's world uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to gaslighting and domestic abuse and uh, you know believing victims and stuff like that. And this movie is awesome. Like as soon as the movie begins, you're thrown into this situation and you feel as panicked as Elizabeth Moss does because you don't know what's going on. Yeah, and you know, this isn't really a spoiler. I hope it's the beginning of the movie. Um, you know, she's running away from, from something and for someone in a house and she's packing up stuff. She's sneaking around and the tension starts right there and the movie doesn't let up, which is awesome because something I appreciate uh, personally about horror movies is I don't need the scary jump scares to get me into a horror movie or to make me, you know, put my hands over my eyes and be like, I don't know what's coming or, you know, yeah. I don't want to have to sit there and predict if a jump scare is coming. I want, like, tension. I want an uneasy feeling. And this movie brought that on so many levels. Yeah, I agree. I've recommended this movie to so many people. And I always say, like, you're on the edge of your seat the entire time. Like like you said, first scene, the tension is there. And, yeah, it also, there's no jump scares. And it's not, like, anything that they show is scary. Like, you don't need to cover your eyes. But it really is, like, you're on the edge of your seat you are living it through her character and you really you're really just trying to make it through with her there are so many times where I, like I audibly gasped or was like oh shit um and was scared in that way and I think also the acting was really great it was made really well so yeah I love that movie and I think that's a great example of reimagining for modern times agreed and if you like The Invisible Man, if you watch it after this episode, if you've seen it already, I'll recommend it again. Go watch Upgrade from the same director, Lee Winnell. It is awesome. I love that movie so much. They trend more towards sci-fi, these two movies, mm-hmm. uh, but there are still the horror and thriller elements to it. Upgrade more so sci-fi um, and more violent than The Invisible Man. But again... Uh, Another part of, you know, same thing with Evil Dead. This movie is anchored by Elizabeth Moss, who is an amazing actress. And she does so well in these scenes where she has to tango with an invisible <laughs> man. It's amazing. She's yeah. the, Some of the behind-the-scenes stuff they did with uh, the directing and the training she had to do for, for some of these shots they hit in the movie are, uh, are amazing to see, you know, being uh, shot on set. So... Yeah, Invisible Man 2020. Uh, these, these are movies we've talked about already <laughs> on this podcast because we love them so much. Go watch them if you haven't. Oh, all of them. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, those are our favorite ones. And like we said at the beginning, you can't have favorite ones without having 
worst ones. And these aren't just like ones that we hate. These are ones that are just like universally bad. Like yeah. it's just not not a good look for any of these movies. One on here I cannot wait to talk about because I had a really interesting experience with this in the theater. Um, but do you want to kick us off? Because I know you're a fan of the original one of this movie and of the director. So yeah, so in 2016, there was a remake of Cabin Fever. Um, the original came out in 2002, so unsure why it needed to be remade. And the remake was also written by Eli Roth, who wrote and directed the first, the original one. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Eli Roth. I think he has his, you know, not so great entries, but overall, I do like him. I'm interested by what he makes, and I really like Cabin Fever, the original. Um, but the remake is like shot for shot, basically the same exact movie. And the original had like just some good laughs. Like it was kind of like dark humor and there are a few like iconic lines and it was just kind of, it was funny and you know, it was a horror movie, so I'm down. But the remake just brought nothing new. It was just terrible. I was so confused going into it why it was being remade. And there was nothing new about it. Just don't watch it. That's Natalie's stamp of approval. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid this one. Um, this next one is one that is a... Uh, the the source material is one of my girlfriend's favorite books of all time. Yes, And me she was too. really excited to see it. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of this too. Um, it's a movie, watching the trailer, I was like, this looks great. You know, the... The trailer looked good. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. It is a movie remade from a 1989 movie based on a book by the legendary Stephen King. It is Pet Cemetery, the 2019 <laughs> remake. This movie is awful. I can't stand this movie. <laughs> I And the funny thing about it is that I was sitting through it. I hadn't read the book, hadn't seen the original. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching, I'm like, you know what? This is okay. Like, I'm not totally, like, checked out here. And right. I'm not, like, this movie sucks. Like, I'm just going to eat my popcorn. Uh, <laughs> and I also saw it at, what's the movie theater? Not Alamo Draft House, the other one in Brooklyn. Nighthawk? Yeah, Nighthawk. Saw it yeah. at Nighthawk. So, again, you know, quiet movie experience. They had, you know, Stephen King pre-roll the entire time, building the, the, the vibe in the room. And I walked out of it, and I was like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. And then my girlfriend just, like, went into everything wrong with the movie. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, wait a second. That movie kind of sucked. And this happened to me, too, with Star Wars The Last Jedi. Because I saw Star Wars The Last Jedi by myself. And I tried to turn my brain off. And it's Star Wars, one of my favorite series of all time. Huge Star Wars nerd. And I walked out of it. And my best friend, Nick, was like, let me know your thoughts afterwards. And I was like, okay, well. So I walked out. And again... Right out of the theater, not even thinking. Same situation here with Pet Cemetery. I was just like, that wasn't so bad. And then m- my friend Nick just ripped into the entire movie. And I was like, okay, wait a second. Yeah, you're right. This movie is awful. Like, I had to, like, restart my brain. Like, it just needed to, like, to reboot real quick. And <laughs> the re- yeah, reboot and in, in the reboot. Um, I was like, this this movie was awful. Star Wars Last Jedi, awful. Yeah. But Pet Cemetery, not good. Not good. Yeah, I will say that movie is straight up bad. I really, really love the book. Um, And I love the 1989 movie just because nostalgia. Like, I've watched it so many times that I, you know, it's enjoyable for me. 
Um, I won't say it's like the best made movie. It's certainly not. But um, I think it was a good adaptation for the time. Um, But the 2019 one, yeah, I think it was just straight up terrible. Like the pacing was so bad. Like none of it really stuck. Like none of the like big moments that in both the book and the move in the original movie were so powerful and scary. None of them stuck. It was kind of like, nah, didn't really like that. The acting was fine, but I feel like it was maybe the dialogue that wasn't so good. And just the tone of it was weird. I didn't get into it at all. And I also saw it at Nighthawk, so that's funny. Um, But, yeah, that was just a no-go. Also, they didn't, like, they didn't bring any new life into it. And that's what I keep saying. Like, you know, you got to change it a little bit to make it more interesting. And they did not at all. It was just uh, thumbs down all around. Yeah, and I was so I, I'm a big fan of Jason Clark. I think he's yeah. a great actor. Um, you know, he was in Great Gatsby, played George Wilson, Myrtle's husband. Uh, was in Terminator Genesis, which isn't a great movie, but I love the Terminator <laughs> movies. Um, he was in The Devil All the Time, which came out recently on Netflix, which is an interesting movie. We yeah. can't, we don't have the time to talk about it because we have okay. some some critical thoughts on that. Uh, but I think. His most known movie is probably Zero Dark Thirty, which is yeah. uh, a Catherine Bigelow movie, who, of course, is an amazing f- uh, female director. And, yeah, I was like, look, he's in it. I'm, I'm down. Like, let's go. Let, let's watch this movie, even if I hadn't read the book or seen the original. Mm-hmm. And after my brain restarted in the Uber on the way home, <laughs> I was like, man, that was disappointing. Yeah. I did not like it at all. I, w- I watched it won't, once, won't ever look at it again. No, thank you. I think it's on Hulu, and I see it, and I'm, I'm just, like, shaking my head. Just put the original on there. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but that's the next movie I have down. I don't know if you watched this one, but it's the 2019 remake of Black Christmas, a movie the original came out in 1974, and then there was a remake in 2006 when all the huge remakes were coming out um, of horror movies. So this one was really bad. I saw it in theaters for whatever reason, and I think I was just desperate for a horror movie at the time. And um, it was just so stupid. It was not scary at all. It was more like a drama, I would say. A lot of the plot points just didn't add up, didn't really make sense. And it was just, yeah, not interesting. Nothing at all captivated me in this remake. And it's about a sorority in this one, correct? Yeah. And I, I haven't seen it either. I know the, the original and the t- 2006 remake have to do with like a serial killer who lived in the attic of a house or something, if I'm remembering that correctly. I haven't, I'm not, you know, completely up to date with my knowledge of the Black Christmas yeah. remake and reboot, but like being remade three times or twice rather. And in the past, was that 13 years? Yeah. I, I, heard, I... I heard some bad things about this movie. Yeah, I don't even, I barely remember the original remake, like the first remake, because I watched it just, you know, when it came out and never watched it again. But this one, yeah, and they, I I did like it because most of the, you know, characters are women and everything. There was some, a few actresses that I really like, um, but I it was just so stupid. Like, I feel bad for these actors in the movie because it was just so stupid. Not good. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, this this 2006 one. I think I've actually seen this 2006 one in parts on television. And, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember. Okay, so, yeah, there's Billy Lenz, who's the the supposed, you know, the killer of the of the movie. And 
This movie has Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it, who I've yeah. already, already shouted out. That's my girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg, uh, quick reference, Gossip Girl's going off Netflix, R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, and Katie Cassidy, who was in the When a Stranger Calls remakes uh, in 2006 and is also known for playing uh, Laurel Lance on the CW Arrow series. So, you know, three strong female leads are in this one. I don't believe the remake again was at the, the 2006 remake was as like popular in movies, um, which we can talk about. We'll talking about the whole 2000 remakes craze as a whole later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so another Natalie seal of approval. Avoid this one. Yeah, just boring. We'll do nothing for you. You'll probably just feel indifferent about it. Like I wasn't like that's the worst movie I've ever seen, but I was kind of just like, why did I waste you know an hour and a half of my time? Um, the next and final one, I don't know if you, did you see this one? I did The 2020 reboot of The Grudge. Um, so yeah. it's a reboot, like, <laughs> the... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, Go ahead. The original, uh, Grudge came out in 2002, was the Japanese version, the original version, and then there was a remake of that, an American version, 2004, and then 2020, uh, they rebooted it, and it was, it was again, just really stupid. Also, it felt weird because they're in America this time. The whole movie takes place in America. So right away, I was like, this isn't a grudge movie. Like, I don't have that vibe. Um, and it, it was kind of like it didn't even really make sense to me to be in the grudge universe. It could have just been a standalone movie and been fine but i mean obviously the grudge title will bring more people to it and it's more enticing to watch but yeah the new one not good again just like kind of stale not not original not interesting the acting was not good and i'm just right in the garbage no thank you for me it's such an interesting one with this movie because i remember we were in the office um you know way back when it feels like forever ago uh (laughs) but the trailer came out and we were like, we looked at each other, we were like, yo, a Grudge remake. And yeah. it's produced by Sam Raimi. Like, yeah. okay, like, The Grudge, uh, you know, obviously the original Japanese movie is great. The 2004 remake people like as well. Um, and, you know, this movie has Damien Bashir uh, as Detective Goodman and also has John Cho, who's obviously known for playing Harold and Harold and Kumar. Yeah. And also Lin Shay who everyone should know from Insidious. And, you know, on the surface, you're like, look, three actors I know, who I respect, Sam Raimi, who have, you know, amazing, uh, and The Grudge. How bad can this movie be? And as you've just said, apparently, it's really bad. Yeah, it's bad. It was just really, uh, the perfect way to describe it is stale. Like, there were just not not any interesting um, plot points to it. And by the end of it, it was kind of just like, all right, again, why did I waste my time? I will say Lynn Shea was good in it. She's so good at playing, you know, a really, really creepy woman. And she did that in this. But that was probably the only highlight of the movie. Noted. Yeah, Cinema Sports uh, audiences pulled it as an F out of the A plus <laughs> to F range. So that is the worst grade it can possibly get. Um, but... It's good to, to leave off as uh, with the grudge here in our worst you know remakes and reboots because as we now jump back to the whole 2000s remake craze, which we kind of grew up in, uh, a big part of it uh, is the remakes of, of J-horror movies because mm-hmm. uh, as this 
remakes craze kicks off with old properties and everything like that there's also this wave of directors remaking japanese horror movies for american audiences and out of all the movies we have listed here for the 2000s remake craze this the, the first one you know uh chronologically here is the ring which yeah. is a lot of people's favorite movies uh it's a movie that was the center of a a, a spoof with scary movie three yeah. and uh i remember watching the ring and being absolutely terrified of samara so it's fitting that the first one that comes up isn't you know a movie that might some people might go oh that's a remake right they they think <laughs> oh they saw the ring when they were a kid and they were terrified of it seven days and all of that but yeah. it's actually a remake yeah. Yeah. And I love The Ring. I think The Ring is a really good example of a remake from uh, the original Japanese film because, yeah, it popped off in America. This is a super popular movie and for good reason. Like, I think The Ring is a very good movie. I actually just watched it for the first time in a couple of years um, last month for Halloween. It was um, streaming on, I think, IMDb TV or something. Put it on just as good as the first time I watched it. Naomi Watts, great actress. And that just feels like a true horror film. I really love the vibe from front to finish. You know, you're on the edge of your seat again. And it has a good story. So I think we can thank the original for that. But the story is really good. Yeah. And obviously spawned two sequels, The Ring 2 and Rings. Rings came out years later after uh, Ring 1 and Ring 2. Yeah. Um, another one, like we already mentioned, is The Grudge, uh, which was a remake of the 2002 Japanese film, uh, Juwan, The Grudge. And mm -hmm. this one I remember watching and also being terrified of it because, you know, as a kid, I wasn't too, you know, knowledgeable about the whole J-horror adaptation yeah. wave going on in, in movies. But Sarah Michelle Gellar going to Japan. And, you know, there's just creepy stuff happening. And I was terrified. Also part of Scary Movie 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I love The Grudge as well. I'm not sure if it's because, you know, I watched it at a young age. So it has that nostalgia factor. It's like one of the probably one of the first horror movies I've ever seen the remake. So I have it has a place in my heart. Um, I haven't watched it in a few years, so might be more critical of it. Um, but the nostalgic act factor and it was kind of, you know, an iconic remake for 2004. Yeah. Obviously spawned more sequels produced by Sam mm -hmm. Raimi, the, uh, this, uh, 2004, uh, release. There was the grudge two. There was the grudge three, which I believe was a straight to DVD release. If yeah. If I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and then interestingly enough here on Wikipedia, uh, they have it, uh, I guess, categorized here as a side a side quill for the 2020 release and you know as much as this is an episode on remakes and reboots we don't have the time to you know define what a side quill is i saw that and i was like so it's a remake right <laughs> so i was like okay so we're just using fancy words for remakes now okay cool right like what the hell is a side squill like no i saw that and just kind of pretended i didn't <laughs> yeah and then the last one is one miss call um also a remake uh part of the j-horror craze uh that came over in the mid-2000s and this movie is bad I, I don't even like this movie is bad yeah, I remember seeing this. So this came out in 2008. I was in eighth grade and 
was hyped to watch it because, you know, I was going to the movie theaters by myself for the first time, you know, old enough to watch horror movies and all of that. And, um, you know, it, it didn't live up to expectations, but I did enjoy it just because of my age, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say this is not a good example of a good, uh, Japanese horror remake. No way. No way. Agreed. But it gets the Natalie and the Max stamp of approval. Avoid this one. The poster creeped me out as a kid. Poster yeah. was scary, but movie as a whole, hard pass. I agree, and I also I remember I changed my ringtone to that little ringtone in the movie to oh, creep you're one people of those out. People. Oh, you're one oh, of those yeah. people. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so stay with us. We're gonna take one last short break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So with us, you know, listing some of our favorites and some of the worst remakes, reboots over the years, we kind of touched upon when did this huge horror remake craze start? Because I think it was the 2000s. It really, really had so many. And then, you know, there's still a bunch now. But I think between like 2000 and 2010, it was just every month, you know, like... There were so many. Um, I'll just list off a few that I wrote down here, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 2003. Dawn of the Dead was remade in 2004. House of Wax, 2005. Amityville Horror, 2005. The Hills Have Eyes, 2006. The Omen, 2006. Black Christmas, as we talked about, was 2006. And then Halloween, the Rob Zombie one, 2007. Prom Night, 2008. Last House on the Left, 2009. Sorority Row, 2009. And then... Another example, My Bloody Valentine, 2009. I saw all of these movies as they came out. Well, not as they came out um, because I was too young for the first few I listed. But, you know, starting like 2005, 2006, I was watching all these that came out. And I enjoyed the hell out of them because I was a very young person. But (laughs) that does not mean that they're good by any means. Agreed. And, yeah, I mean... Texas Chainsaw Massacre started the this whole reboot phase, uh, you know, outside of the, the J-Horror remakes that we've really talked about so far. Um, mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, most of these are done by the same production company, which is Platinum Dunes, uh, you know, who has key people like Michael Bay, who worked for the company. And this, uh, these movies, I... I have so much to say about these movies because Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 absolutely craps on the original and it's so disappointing and like I would never recommend to anybody that they watch this movie. I would tell them to watch the first one, watch the second one, watch the one with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey, the next generation, before you watch this one because this movie just was like, I I would like to you know, say I have the knowledge of, of what was going on back then when I was a kid, because I was only yeah. 10 at that point. Um, but, you know, looking back at it now, it just it's a money grab. It's attaching yeah. a iconic movie name to a remake and just awful movie. Dawn of the Dead, 2004, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. <laughs> I love that movie. Zack Snyder, zombies in a mall. It's got just action, doesn't stop ever and introduced well outside of 28 days later introduced zombies that were track stars and i thought that was terrifying 
Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think out of the ones that I just named even like there's kind of a, a difference here. Some of them were kind of just straight up money grabbing, like let's put hot girls, lots of sex, no clothes. And then, Oh yeah, there's like a villain involved. Um, Texas chainsaw, definitely prom night. Definitely. Um, the last house on the left. Yes. Those movies are so messed up. Um, oh, House of Wax, perfect example. Paris Hilton putting, like, the most famous person at the time in the movie to sell it. And, spoiler alert, she doesn't have a huge role. Um, and then, so I think a lot of them were, you know, these movies just making them hot and marketable. And then other ones are, you know, legitimately good remakes. I really do like Dawn of the Dead as well. Um, I'm a minority on this, but I did like the Rob Zombie Halloween. I don't think that he was making it just to be, you know, like the sexy new thing, at least. Um, so, yeah, a lot of different intentions here. But when I look back just to being in middle school, my first ever horror movies were <laughs> these terrible, you know, sexy remakes that I just could not get enough of. I watched Texas Chainsaw, the remake before the original. Sorry to tell everyone. And... You know, I enjoyed it because it was a horror movie. I was like, hell yeah, I'm watching a horror movie. No one can stop me. And, you know, now I recognize it's not good. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, if you talk about, like, motivation for some of these movies. Yeah. And I can totally see back then, like, people not knowing that Black Christmas was a remake or that House of Wax was a remake. Yeah. Um, or that even potentially The Hills Have Eyes was a remake. I remember yeah. people were super scared of them people enjoyed that movie they didn't think it was terrible um and i you know just cannibals in the desert yeah just, that's a scary concept let's roll with it and you know people then eventually learn oh it's a remake let's watch the original um mm -hmm. you know prom night again a movie that most people didn't realize was a remake starring jlc jamie lee curtis um in the re in the original and yeah. this one with britney snow was just like an awful movie from start to front. It's just a, a crappy slasher movie. Yeah. Um, Sorority Row, again, falls into that category talking about with sexy teens. Yeah. And, you know, and, and blood and a, and a slasher. Um, My Bloody Valentine, uh, uh, again, a movie I feel like people didn't know was a remake. And I believe it had Jared Padalecki in it uh, of, you know, I'll say Gilmore Gilmore Girls <laughs> fame, but of course Supernatural, um, a, a movie about a, a a killer miner with a pickaxe, like just movies that looking back on them now are goofy. Like Amityville Horror has Ryan Reynolds in it. <laughs> it's just so weird to look at all these movies. Um, but there are again, like you said, hits in here and cult uh, cult followings like Dawn of the Dead. Um, the Omen, the 2006 one, wasn't terrible. Um, the Rob Zombie Halloween remake. Of course, Rob Zombie had all the hype of House of Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects behind him. Yeah. Like, The Devil's Rejects is, you know, objectively a great horror movie. Yeah, I love both of them. And uh, I don't think I've... Three from Hell, I haven't seen the newest one yet. But yeah. um, House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects are uh, widely praised. Um and yeah, I mean, it just misses out here. The the Nightmare remake, which came out in 2010, also from Platinum Dunes, uh, this production <laughs> company. And, you know, we say like all these bad movies are attached to this. It's super interesting to look at the filmography here for 
this production company because you have movies like the purge series where you know the original purge is, is fun it's a unique take on horror and this idea of 24 hours of no law go out kill whoever the hell you want to kill yeah. do whatever you want to do commit any crime and you know you don't watch two and three being like i'm here for a great movie <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the same thing and they're fun you can sit down and watch them and turn your brain off um but the Quiet Place is also, or The Quiet Place, A Quiet Place is on here as well. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's interesting to know that this production company got started making one of the worst horror remakes of all time. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. And yeah, now that we're talking about it, so many of them, they're just gimmicky, these remakes from, you know, 2000, 2010. Like, I remember, you know, either it's, like, a sexy sexy cast, or I remember with My Bloody Valentine, it was in 3D. Um, oh, yeah. Ac- it's not, it's Jensen Eccles in it, the other Supernatural. Oh, is that the wrong Supernatural? I, you know, I, I just finished Gilmore Girls for the first time, so I got Jared Padalecki on my mind. <laughs> I could have swore Jared Padalecki was in it. But this movie was in 3D, and I remember I rented it, and you could get 3D glasses from Blockbuster. So that was like automatically like, cool, I'm going to watch this movie and get scared in 3D. Um, So I think there was a lot they thought were riding on these movies. But um, My Bloody Valentine in particular, I didn't think was a terrible remake, but... You know, they always they always had these marketing gimmicks, I would say. Yeah. And no. <laughs> they were targeted to me, a middle schooler that was, like, not allowed to watch them but was secretly watching them. I was like, ooh, hot guy, like, slasher. And it, it doesn't work now that I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah, they, they – well, I mean, at least they, tar- <laughs> you know, they targeted it correctly, I guess, when the movie came out. It nailed its demographic perfectly. Natalie. <laughs> um <laughs> I kind of like he was in House of Wax. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I wasn't completely off, but also like Dean Forrester again. Gilmore Girls on my mind. It was also in Cry Wolf, which is a bad movie, but a personal guilty pleasure of mine. Have you ever seen Cry Wolf? No. Oh, please watch it. It's so bad. It's got John Bon Jovi in it. It's so bad, <laughs> but you gotta watch it. Um, and he's also in the Friday Thirteenth remake, which we talked about. Yeah. Right? So, That's what I going to say i was like wasn't he the main guy in the friday 13th remake yeah, yeah i guess yeah the, the jensen ackles and and jared pedal like he were like all right rock paper scissors yeah. <laughs> loser has to be in my bloody valentine winner gets to be in the the bigger uh franchise remake uh so yeah the i mean again not to say that the horror remake stopped when 2010 came around like i said yeah. nightmare came out in 2010 and horror movies have been you know, consistently remade over the past years. Um, and it started to trend more towards movies being successes in terms of the industry as a whole mm-hmm. uh, than just the horror genre, uh, which is interesting to see because I think a lot of us, as we're starting to grow up and become more horror buffs, we're more critical of these movies. Outside of the things you look for in horror movies, when you look for you know, tropes, if you want tropes to be executed correctly with final girls and, and kills and essentially following the rules of Scream, you know, you have sex in a movie, you die. <laughs> and, you know, um, these, uh, these, these movies that we talked about at the top of the episode have been super good. And it's just funny that it just started off with all of these awful movies and 
you know, I, I would like to think maybe there's someone out there who didn't know that some of these movies were remakes and that maybe they'll go back and watch the original now. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, you know, remakes were a thing before this, but I think this is just really when, for some reason, I don't know, whoever was funding all of the all of the horror movies were just like, remake, remake, let's do another one that people wanted. And I guess it was just a testament to the time. The people wanted it, but they didn't like what they got. So, and obviously there have been a ton of remakes after that. Um, I think that as a whole, they've improved. Obviously there are some awful ones still being made. We mentioned a few of them, but I think that they're, you know, starting to improve, which is exciting. Um, we also can talk about now as we start to wrap up just the remakes and the reboots that are coming up. I think that we're excited for, you know, a lot of them. Yeah, the first one, Candyman 2021. Yeah. Candyman, uh, a movie that I feel like a lot of people haven't seen, um, but might remember from their childhood of seeing on like TV and their TV guides or something uh, and maybe catching a couple of clips of it. Uh, but, you know, the iconic Tony Todd played Candyman, a man whose name, if you sit in the mirror a bunch of times, he would appear and kill you. Uh, it's um, it's an amazing movie. I recommend going back and watching it. But this remake uh, coming out, directed by Nia DaCosta, uh, and the screenplay is written by Jordan Peele, who is one of the hottest names in horror movies right now. So I'm really excited to see what direction this movie is taken in um, because... You know, over the past, you know, eight months now in quarantine, I had a lot of time to watch horror movies. And yeah. the Candyman series was uh, on my list. And the original is great. The sequels aren't so great. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Tony Todd is amazing. Uh, some may know him from being Bloodworth in the Final Destination series. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like when you attach a name like Jordan Peele to it uh, and people... Uh, really like Nia DaCosta, um, mm. are super excited for this movie. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think, you know, it's funny. I think when Candyman came out, like, it was really popular. So I think it just depends on, you know, what age you are. Because I think you're right. Like, for people our age that didn't grow up with this movie, didn't, you know, weren't alive when it was in theaters, like, we, it's not the big name. It's not Halloween. It's not Nightmare. So people might not know it. But, you know, at the time, it was a really huge movie. And especially for black horror, you know, putting a black villain right in the spotlight. And, you know, he should have gotten as big as, you know, Freddie and Jason and everyone, but unfortunately did not. Um, probably thanks to, you know, the shitty sequels that came. Um, and, you know, maybe, you know, people, you know, I don't know. But I'm excited for, for the remake. It should be really, really good. And um, I hope that, you know, I, I'm sure it'll be better than the original. Because I watched the original, you know, when I was in middle school again, going to Blockbuster, being like, all right, here are the quote-unquote classics. Got to rent them all. And, you know, I, it's, it's like a pretty cheesy movie, but it's still enjoyable. So I think now for an updated version, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, too. Um, have me specifically, and I know I've gotten you on this hype, uh, and uh, our coworker Gnome, um, is the the spike in popularity for Dead Meat, the YouTube channel, and, yeah. and James uh, and Chelsea who run the Dead Meat podcast together. Um, you know, people have been 
watching his channel and being like, look, maybe I'm not super into horror movies, but the way James presents it and the kill count is such an interesting uh, and unique uh, take on, on how to cover horror movies that people don't have to sit through and be scared of jump scares and stuff like that. They can just watch someone who understands movies and, and cinematography can break down an entire movie and also have fun with it and, and, and joke, a joke about kills and, and, and throw in, you know, puns and stuff. I'm a huge fan of dead meat. James, mm -hmm. if you're out there listening, Chelsea, <laughs> love to have you on the show. Just, you know, us four chit chatting about movies. Um, but yeah, Candyman can't wait. Um, you know, his kill counts on Candyman got me into, so I was like, let me go back and watch this. And yeah, Tony Todd. Awesome. The next one movie. I don't need, I don't need this movie. I, re I really don't, but it's good. It's got Chris Rock and, and Sam Jackson. In it, so I'm probably going to watch it. It's the ninth movie in the Saw franchise spiral. And I guess we learned a word today, Natalie, this might be a side quill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I don't need this movie, man. I can crap on this franchise all day long. I can't stand it after the first one. I just can't. Yeah. <sighs> It's like, I don't even know. I don't need this movie, but I will definitely watch it. I'll probably have a little hype to it just because I did like the franchise when it first started. I liked the first three, then it kind of hopped off. But then I also did love, you know, some of the some of the gore and, you know, the, the really, really shocking scenes get to me. So I do like the franchise as a whole. I know a few of the movies have been just terrible, unfortunately, but... You know, got some hope. I might be shut down and it might be bad, but I have hope for the remake. I'm going to watch it. So we'll see. Or whatever it is. Reboot. Side quill. Not a remake. It's just a new one. Reimagining. Reboot. Retelling. Yeah. I, <laughs> I man, I'm, I, we're going to bury the word side quill right now. We're never going to say it again. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this French, there was a movie called The Final Chapter, you know, which is something that of course you know it's never going to be the final chapter yeah <laughs> why would why would movie companies ever uh add a tagline like that to a movie who knows right because of course they're going to throw it back into production and and release it again um jigsaw yeah. the one that came after it i don't like that movie at all i thought it was cheesy i hate the whole storyline of you thought that guy was jigsaw's first apprentice no 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 there's another guy that we never told you about it's just I don't need it, but again, it's got Chris Rock and it's got Sam Jackson <laughs> and uh, Danny Glover is awesome in the first one. The first one's great. Can't say enough about the first one. The second yeah. one too, I'll give the second one a pass. Maybe I'll go back and watch four, five, and six because it's got Scott Patterson <laughs> from Gilmore Girls in it who plays Luke and he's, you know, Agent Strom in, in that franchise. Maybe I'll go back and give those a watch. But, yeah. uh, man, I just, these movies, not a fan of torture porn. I don't need it. But I'm sure whenever this movie comes out, if we're all allowed to go back into theater safely, I'm sure one way or another, we're going to end up in the same theater watching this. And we're going to walk out and we're going to yep. be like, man, we didn't need this. But it was cool <laughs> seeing Chris Rock and Sam Jackson in a horror movie. Yeah, that's what I'm predicting as well. <laughs> yeah. And then the next two, um, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, obviously spawning a, a, a trilogy here that came from 2018 because there's more to tell here and these are movies i want i'm super excited about both of these uh i'm gonna not say any more about 2018 halloween i just i think we have already on the show enough um yeah uh, i'm excited to see where this these movies go 
Jamie Lee Curtis, driver's seat, Laurie Strode, Michael Myers. I'm ready. And this last one, I didn't know this was happening. Or, well, mm-hmm. we talked about Predator already. This one here on the list, I didn't know it was happening. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to remake uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and it's going to be a remake of the 1986 movie, which is a musical horror comedy. Um, if people are familiar with it, it's a lot of genre blending there. But, you know, it's like a cult classic. It's a it's a really popular movie and show. And so they're remaking that, and Chris Evans is in Talk to Stars, and so is Scarlett Johansson. Um So I'm not sure, you know, in talks isn't the same as confirmed. We don't have a poster with them on it yet, but multiple uh, reputable sites are reporting that they're both in talks. So that's exciting, you know, throw two big names that, you know, are are popular for good reason. I like the both of them very much. So I'm excited to see how they start marketing it, what the trailer looks like. I'm very interested in this. Yeah, I wonder how that went in, like, meetings. It was like, okay, we're going to remake Little Shop of Horrors. Who should we get? And someone probably blurted out, Captain America and Black Widow. And someone probably looked at that person and was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that because I want to see that. And you know what, personally? I want to see it too. I, uh, <laughs> I guess Chris Evans would potentially be Seymour. Who, who knows? Yeah. He is in talks to play the dentist Orin. Oh no! Who's going to be Seymour? And it doesn't say. I don't know. I'm I'm pulling up right now a report from Digital Spy. Um. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, apparently Taron uh, Egerton is also in talks uh, for possibly Seymour. Does it say the role? I'm trying to find like I yeah, thought the, the Hollywood uh, Reporter uh, article. Oh, that, nice. That you cited here uh, says Egerton and Johansson uh, are in various stages of talks for the re- respective roles of Seymour and Audrey. Obviously, oh, Taron Egerton is known for Egerton um, was Elton John in Rocket Man, which I haven't yeah. seen yet, but I heard he was an awesome Elton John. Uh, so yeah. I haven't watched it either, and I heard the movie was, like, all right, but he was really, really good, so I am a fan of his. Same. Big name. Yeah, Kingsman. Yeah. I don't know if you're a fan of Kingsman, but I do enjoy the Kingsman movies. Um, And then, yeah, Predator, like we said, um, is being remade. Uh, Again, a series that I don't want it remade unless it's done correctly. Um, Yeah. It's kind of like... Terminator, because I recently watched the Terminator Dark Fate movie that uh, had Linda Hamilton in it. Uh, Linda Hamilton in it again, obviously the legendary Sarah Connor, um, <laughs> and she was awesome. And Arnold was awesome because you know I'll never get tired of seeing Arnold play a giant robot from the future who kills people. <laughs> but that movie is awful. Like the first Terminator movie. I have such vivid memories of being scared of that movie as a kid and being terrified of a giant robot from the future coming back to kill me for whatever reason. Like I would have nightmares about it. And that's a sci-fi movie through and through. Um, In the same way that, you know, Predator also toes that line of being horror and sci-fi more so than it's more horror than Terminator. I'd say some people would say, but yeah, um, yeah, if you're going to remake Predator, do it the right way. 
I would be very apprehensive if they're going to remake Alien in whatever way. Obviously, they've done Prometheus and uh, the other Alien. What's it called? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. I saw it too, and I didn't like it. Um, it's not Resurrection because that's the fourth one. Covenant. Covenant. That's it. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that one. I didn't see Prometheus either. I was, I was to tell you the truth, a fan of like the first two Aliens, and then fell off from there. Just kind of lost the interest. The the fourth one is fun. It's got Winona Ryder in it, um, and Ron Perlman. So that, <laughs> that movie's fun. Obviously, the original is one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. But uh, our coworker Elsie absolutely loves Alien Covenant. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. That's hilarious. Uh, we were on the topic of, of movies, and he was like, I saw Alien Covenant over the weekend, and I loved it. It was so good. I was like, oh, really? Like, okay, cool. I'll go see it. Um, because I was, like, not expecting him to say that to me at all. Yeah. And he loves horror movies. He watches all of them. Yeah, we got to bring him on. Um, yeah. And I loved Prometheus. I thought Prometheus was awesome. Um, yeah, I did not see that one. You didn't see Prometheus, really? Um, oh, it's got Fastbender in it. Yeah. Magneto. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like, I I like sci-fi, but I'm not as into it as horror, of course. Like with horror, I'll watch any movie that comes out with sci-fi. I kind of get lost in, uh, in the, not in the story, but I get kind of lost in, you know, if it's in, part of a franchise or if it's a standalone, I can't, I don't follow it as well. So I've not seen Prometheus. Yeah, that movie falls into, that falls into a bucket of question mark because it was like is this an alien remake is it a reboot is it a sequel is it a prequel nobody knew what was going on with that movie um but i loved it i i really like it a lot fastbender is amazing uh and cinematography in that movie is on point so yeah we should probably start to close out the show otherwise i'll start talking about how much i love that movie Yeah, and we just talk about for another hour just movies that we like in uh, general. Not horror movies, just any movies. No scene. <laughs> we could. I mean, like, these episodes could be three hours long. We oh, wouldn't like, get any work done, and I'm sure people would have tuned out by now. But, yeah, <laughs> we could do it. All right, awesome, guys. So I hope everyone listening um, enjoyed our episode. We still don't know what a side quill is if anyone really has knowledge on who coined this term and why tweet at us um leave us a good review on apple podcasts and tune in next week where we'll be reviewing freaky i'm excited a new horror movie i'm excited to watch it is that oh wait that's kind of like a reboot isn't it <laughs> it's a, oh no it's a re i don't even know it's <laughs> It's Freaky Friday, but scary. Yeah, it's like a retelling of a story, but then like flipping it extremely on its head. Yeah, wait, <laughs> but I'll, I'll explain it. Yeah, where's Lindsay Lohan and, and Jamie Lee when you need them? I know that would have been that would have been good. We should we should pitch that to someone. But <laughs> um, all right, we'll catch everyone next week. Thank you guys so much for listening, uh, and have a great weekend. Thanks, everyone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.